Da 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 da. Snake Eater. We never acknowledge the fact that we have Snake Eater as our intro song. Yeah, especially in our top ten episode because your number one game was Metal Gear Solid Three. Snake and, Eater. Uh, Snake Eater. There's uh, there's snakes being eaten out here, and we're all in a dream. Am I right? You are correct, Darian, and welcome to another uh, incredible episode of <laughs> It's Almost the Weekend Pod at gmail.com. Yeah. Stop doing that every time. <laughs> I like it. The oversell and then the ad. Big, big vibes. I, I mean, I'm going to dispute that saying our email is an ad, but uh, <laughs> it's like an ad read for getting people to send us messages, which is sort of like an ad. <laughs> they don't have to buy anything though. No. Anything we're buying their attention. That's that's true. We've got it. We well know we're earning their attention. If we could buy their attention, this would be easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, just lay down those trillion dollars I've got. Just chill. <laughs> Dude, I uh, my car got serviced recently and. My mechanic is just the most lovely human being. He heard that I was sick, and so he picked me up and dropped me off. Oh. Um, but he, like, picked me up this morning from the house I'm looking after, and he was like, dude, that's a really nice house. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm just house-sitting. He's like, oh, so you're not a millionaire. I was like, uh, no, yeah. I'm not a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, no. Yeah, it's, it's an insane spot, like, right in the heart of... Redacted. Across the road, literally from... Redacted. Two minute yeah. walk to the train station, but you can barely hear any trains. It's just like supreme. It's heaven. Supreme spot. Yeah, it is heaven. Come and find me. That's all the information you need. Come and find me in heaven. Oh, yeah. I basically just doxed you, didn't I? Two minutes. <laughs> like now all you got to do is walk two minutes in every direction from the train station and you'll find Darian. <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, how are you? How on earth are you? And what have you been playing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um, I've been watching a lot of movies and it's just, oh man, I love it. I love movies so much. Maybe more than anything. I don't know. Whoa. Uh, but yeah, I, I've been uh, going to Cinema Nova, one of Melbourne's most prestige cinemas. Uh, they've got like cheap ass Mondays and it's cheap. Before 4pm, tickets are $7-y-do's and that is... That is very attractive. And so they've been doing this uh, Lynch pins thing where they've been showing all of David Lynch's film mm. and, and I've been going and watching them all and they're just fantastic. They're so fucking good. And I, uh, I, I did it as a, a type of flagellation, even though it's not really flagellation because I'm having a really good time. But do you remember when we were talking about David Lynch on that creativity episode? And I was yeah. like... Um, uh, Kubrick said that this film of his was one of his favorite films, and I couldn't yeah. remember the name. Yeah, the name of that film is A Razorhead. Oh, I went A and Razorhead. Yeah, yeah, I went and saw it, and it's fucking sick. It's nice. uh, yeah, it's Lynch's debut, and it just it just kicks ass. He's just he's just a kick ass director. He's uh he's all about catching that big fish. For sure, I didn't realize it was his debut film. That's that's extremely good. Yeah. How do you manage that? If the first film you come out with as a director and it's Kubrick's favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, like how that's... do you how do you do better than that? You know? Um, like I, I would simply quit. 
pass away. <laughs> yeah, I'd, pass, I'd quit and then I would pass away and I would go to heaven and then I would be happy about that because there's nothing else I could do at that point. Yeah, yeah. I don't actually, I don't know how financially successful it was, but it was just, it was big um, for like the industry because after he released that, George Lucas was like, do you want to direct the Star Wars sequel? No way. And Lynch was like, no, I don't. But yeah, um, fuck you. <laughs> take your but, star war and get the hell away from me mr lucas <laughs> but um yeah i've i've gone back and and informed myself about david lynch and holy shit i can recommend that ride to just about everyone what a what a yeah. director yeah i need to get um, across it oh so good and uh yes yeah, so i've been watching movies and i've been playing a couple of video games actually um, I'm still on that endless slay the spy gauntlet. May it never end. Hashtag. Mm, uh, hashtag. I, <laughs> you put the hashtag first. I, I realize that I'm, I'm out of practice. Right. Out of practice. Hashtag. No hashtag out of practice. Oh my God. God. I, I, our hashtags, they are definitely a millennial thing, right? That's like, we can't I mean, say that yeah. without aging ourselves pretty bad. Right. Right. I mean, did they first come around with Twitter in like the late noughties? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm right. not even going to try to S- speak to this. Scratch off that bingo card. We got a hashtag episode coming up. Um, no, I'm kidding. I don't think they have anything to do with video games. Uh, anyway, uh, I've been playing some of that Uncharted Lost Legacy. Oh, what the hell? Naughty oh, dog. <laughs> Naughty dog. Naughty dog. Uh, Yeah, so this is the DLC for Uncharted 4, um, and it's basically Girl Charted. Uh, And, man, it it came about because I was just, uh, you know, I I finished off our our game of the month game. Oh, nice. And I was just, I was hoping for, which is Shadow of the Colossus, by the way, shout out, I was just so brain dead and I was just like, oh, I just want to shoot things and not think. And The Lost Legacy is perfect for that. It's so, you know, I mean, it's just Indiana Jones, the game. Uh, And it's Uncharted Girl Edition and you rope around, you drive around, you solve the puzzles. Uh, They have quippy dialogue that Mm -hmm. is like, okay. And, uh, and that's it. And I just got to say, if you, if you need a brain dead game and, and you've got one of those Sony Playstations, The Lost Legacy is a big one. Yeah, right. I've had that on my shelf for the longest time. And I think it's still in the plastic wrap. My God, you've got a hard copy. Yeah, I think I, it was one of the ones that I won years ago and I just never even opened. Uh-huh. Oh, shit. Uh, so, yeah, I should get, get around it. I don't think, do you need the original to play it or you can just play it standalone? Yeah, no, it's standalone, um, like and that. it's it's super tropey. It it kind of, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know how self aware it is, but it almost feels like a satire of Uncharted games somehow. Like it's yep. really because because it's short. I mean, I imagine it's short. I only played for an hour, and I feel like I can I can you know see the end game. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just like introduce a villain real quick, 
and your character that you control is like a real quip lord and you know you escape the villain and there's helicopters and gunfire and it's just like because they've kind of sped up the pacing of a normal uncharted game it kind of feels satirical so it's uh, it's very entertaining yeah yeah it sounds like an entertaining time i mean naughty dog games are normally they normally do that pretty good you know the set piece the mm. climbing the big building that's fallen apart <laughs> and you, one of the ledges crumbles and someone tries to grab it and they go whoa whoa <laughs> that's naughty dog that's uncharted to me oh my god yeah look it's got a lot of that and i gotta be honest i'm i'm pretty over it i'm i'm well i'm well done with it um but at least it is like really polished you know i was playing that star wars game that tried to do it and it was just so unpolished i'm like oh yeah man if you can't even enjoy nice animations like this is this is bad this is average gameplay as it is but when it's like poorly done oh boy no good that's that gets the darian cross of unapproval (laughs) unapproval (laughs) <laughs> uh, is this, that a word is it i don't know, know. <laughs> we're in evening episode territory folks and as you could probably tell it's a bit slippy out here tonight we're, uh, we're on the ice sliding around yeah. no idea where we're gonna go next no i've i've literally got a hot chocolate we're not oh, we're not nice. joking out here i've got uh the kraken spiced rum and cola can oh shit yeah i'm drinking yeah pull one out pull one out for the fans all over that keyboard yeah pour it out pour it out and regret instantly your (laughs) deeds um yeah dude i've just been i've been playing a few games i've I've been watching a couple movies too i mean i watched uh uh, uh, (laughs) ghost in the shell yeah, I watched Ghost in the Shell with you and uh, Phoebe Redacted last night, and that was pretty good. That was yeah. pretty damn good. I'm, I'm yeah. still kind of, you know, blown away that they managed to make movies like that back then. Like, how did they get away mm. with that? Mm. Uh, I don't think they did. I feel like they, they did it once and everyone was like, wow, that's great. And then they disappeared for the rest of the eternity. <laughs> well, I read... Uh, and and kind of like a um, Northman story, you know that Robert Eggers film from last yeah, year. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ghost in the Shell was originally meant uh, to kind of bring Japanese anime to the West, like that. That was their goal. Right, they they right. had like you know a publisher that was ready to to send all the reels to Europe and America and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it just fell on its ass, basically. It wasn't very successful at all. But then when the DVD and the VHS released, it was, like, huge. People really cottoned on. So it's, yeah, yeah it's it's interesting that that kind of industry of, of, of buying DVDs and, and renting DVDs dipped 10 years ago, but it's kind of making this weird comeback at the moment where people are really valuing owning physical content in the face of all the streaming services yeah yeah i mean there's a lot there with what you just said christ um (laughs) yeah i I mean uh it it feels to me as though it was like you know if it was supposed to be the the thing that brought anime to the west it feels like it might have been too early and Mm. the the effort might have been half-assed because i don't know how you make that not succeed Mm. you know Mm -hmm. like you got to be pretty deliberately making some some 
some bullshit happen because if, if Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon can succeed on cheese TV for 14 years, I don't know how <laughs> the adults of the, maybe that's what it was. Maybe, maybe the adults of the world were like, we don't like cartoons. That's for children and babies. Mm, and, yeah. Uh, this, this was before the Simpsons really took off. So you mm, might have a point there. Mm. See what I'm saying? There's a whole bunch to what you, uh, what you were talking just now. So, yeah, we watched that. That was pretty swell. I've been playing some of that Game Club, Game of the Month, Shadow of the Colossus PS4 remake or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, a, a bunch of cyberpunk. Oh, yeah. So so tell me about cyberpunk. You you reckon this new paid DLC is the shit? It's it's very legit. Um, the I'm, I'm like... I think I'm at the last mission in the main story of the base game and I've just mm -hmm. sort of like let it chill. I'm not going to go into it until I'm done with the DLC. Uh, and there's a couple of other missions from the main game I'm just letting chill while I wait to like level up a little more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the, the base, like the, uh, the the DLC missions are just like so, so polished, dude, and so proper and just like mm. really well put together. Um there's like a lot of cool cyberpunky stuff that happens in them, which is in high contrast to how I felt about the start of cyberpunk base game. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's like lots of hacking and like, it's kind of schlocky and, you know, there's like rescues and chases and all sorts of cool stuff. It's, it's like very, um, yeah, I think I mentioned in the other episode, you're like trying to save the president. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's got that, it's got that good schlock that, you know, I, I love, I love in a, a bit of escapism that's fucking so, sick yeah um yeah i feel like uh i'm coming i'm probably like two thirds of the way through the the dlc mm, um, okay so still a bit more to go but yeah it's uh looking forward to finishing it off and oh magic the gathering i've just been playing a good amount of magic the gathering oh my god so yeah i had a i had a bit of a go on your recommendation mm. what uh what are you playing on? Are you playing on PC or phone or? I play in the evenings. I play on my phone and iPad and then mm -hmm. on the train. Sometimes I'll play on my phone. I have mm. it on PC, but I've only played it once on PC. Mm, yeah. Okay. It's all about that touch screen then. Yeah. The iPad's definitely the superior experience apart from uh, across the table. Across the table is the best. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so what, what kind of, uh, uh what am i trying to say here you know when you just start a sentence and you're just like this is this is gonna go great where this are sentence we going here is gonna be amazing and yeah. then you you get to the bit where the words are leaving your mouth and then and there's right. nothing up there there's the the two monkeys picking fleas off each other we're in the uh, evening episode it's all good baby that, that's what just happened to me all right <laughs> um <laughs> no real talk what uh what kind of time uh how much time does it take for you to like get around some of the complexities of magic because i started playing the tutorial and uh you know it was fine it, it really like that those first couple of um tutorial games reminded me of hearthstone because of yeah. like their simplicity but i could see it was was starting to take me to uh grander pastures mm. and i was just wondering like for you, how long did it take before those grander pastures became like something you were excited about? Yeah, good question. I mean, I, I had a really cushy on-ramp with uh, Magic the Gathering because I had someone at work like walk me through it step, step by step. 
And so right. I had like the ultimate first time user experience tutorial where mm -hmm. I was able to like ask questions along the way and they were able to like explain edge cases and like, you know, but not dive too deep into certain things. And I still haven't like, like there's cards that I see or that I get on arena, which is the digital version of the game. Mm -hmm. And I like unwrap them and look at them and I'm like, I have no idea what 50% of the words in this card mean. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So there's a bunch of that where I'm just like, I'm not ready for it yet. Um, mm -hmm. And there's also like more than two player games where you play against like three or four other people, oh, which is like terrifying. Interesting. But, uh, that, yeah. Th those games, they're like, I think they're between like 60 and a hundred card decks and they take like an hour and it's just like this incredible battle of minds. Oh my um, God. 60 to a hundred cards. That is yeah. huge for a deck builder. Yeah. And then Jesus. they've got like, I mentioned last night when I saw you, they've got like the planeswalkers, which are like these cards that you can play which mm -hmm. have like their own hit point pool. And so as soon as right. you activate it, it's like another you that has abilities and can like do stuff for you. So you can be like, play this planeswalker and it's got like three health to start with and all of its abilities cost or, or uh, gain health for the planeswalker. So you can like use its first ability, which, which makes you draw a card, but it loses health, you know? Like right, so, okay. Or the second ability, which like gains health, but you have to sacrifice something. Sure. So it's like just a, an additional level of resource management. Yep. Yep. And then the attacking players can you choose to like either attack you or your planeswalker. And so it becomes this like alter, mm. altered layer of defense, altered layer of complexity. And yeah, it's, it's just a whole thing. Mm. Um, so I'm not quite at that level yet. I mean, I've played a couple planeswalkers decks, but both times I like didn't get a chance to play the planeswalker because I was too dumb. And so, uh, <laughs> no, one time I just got unlucky and the other time it didn't happen. Like the card never came through. So Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's been good. Uh, I don't know about like how excited I am to, to check that stuff out. I think I'm just like taking my time. Yeah. Okay. I, I still haven't like built it my own deck yet. That's one thing I want to get into is I've just been right. playing the pre-made ones, the starter decks and the color decks or the, mm -hmm. the mixed color decks. Mm -hmm. which uh, they all have kind of like a central idea to them. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yep. it's I mean, if you played Hearthstone, you know, it's like, oh, this deck's all about like drawing cards or this deck's all about like making your opponent draw cards. Or, like, yeah, yeah. Putting, they call them tokens in this game, putting tokens on the field or like, this is one that I really like called, what is it? Legends of Phyrexia or something like that. That's which very, is like, very, very it's a very Magic the Gathering name right there. What, what did you say? Something of Phyrexia? Legends of Phyrexia or Pyrexia or something? I don't uh -huh. know, man. It's, uh -huh. all, it's all nonsense language. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's, a, uh, it's all about like incubating these tokens. So you can like have a bunch of cards that create these like unactivated guys who like sit off to the side who you can activate through all sorts of other means, you know, like... Um, cards that activate the, the incubator tokens or you can just spend things to activate the incubator tokens and you just end up with this massive army of like horrible gross phyrexian terrors it's really really enjoyable mm, i dig i dig i reckon you slipped into that as asmr tone again oh all right uh, yeah, yeah yeah like a horde of phyrexian terrors or whatever yeah, it is my yeah. god i'm there baby i'm there yes, 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 uh, yes. asmr magic the gathering episode when <laughs> maybe that's a that's a market 
that, <laughs> that's a market asmr magic the gathering what mm. do you just like commentate a game real close yeah to like, yeah yeah and you say, he's played I... another phyrexia <laughs> <laughs> i tap to mana to summon the uh, horde of horrors <laughs> there's less ours i couldn't think of a single magic the gathering card just then there's a lot of uh this is your pilot speaking yeah uh. <laughs> yes what did i say the other episode drenched in vocal fry that's mm. extremely with the mood for the the that particular asmr episode mm, totally well um Unless you've been playing anything else, I'm uh, I'm about to drench you in another type of fry, fried right. chicken, if you oh, will. All right. Um, I've just got a bottomless bucket, uh, so I'm just gonna keep going until you say stop or the episode <laughs> ends. <laughs> there's, there's no shortage of news this week, and so much of it was very interesting to me. Um, so. Let us begin. Hell yeah. um, we got the, uh, you know, those new Metal Gear Solid remake remasters coming out. And uh, we had Jennifer Hale in an interview this week. And she mentioned that in 1998, uh, the first Metal Gear Solid came out. And she was paid $1,200 for her portrayal of Naomi Hunter. Oh, my God. And, and I just, I like, it's a good time to bring this up because that game went on to make $176 million Mm, and, and it's, it's, we've talked about this before, but it's just weird that voice actors don't get residuals in the gaming industry because especially now, and, and that's absolutely what part of made that's what made metal gear solid so good right was the performances mm, and yeah. i feel like now with motion cap like where it where it more, it's it's even more involved for the actors than it has ever been and uh man i feel like it just adds so much to the experience and and we got to get residuals for these uh guys gals and non-binary pals i agree yeah yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, not the other day. This was a thought I had many years ago. But um, with regards to like specific cosmetics that happen in games, like pay oh, yeah. to play. No, not even pay to win. Like games like Warframe, where it's free to play, but mm-hmm. like the game thrives on its like visual cosmetic marketplace. Right. Um, what like the people who are making those cosmetics. Uh, you know, they just paid their salaries, but these cosmetic may go on to sell millions and millions of times. Mm, yeah. Um, earning the the developer millions and millions of dollars where whilst the person who actually created it and dreamt it up and put it in the game is stuck on the salary, you know? Like, what's the mm. go there? Shouldn't they get some piece of that pie? Yeah. Um, well, well, I think at the very least, it it's something that, employees in in that kind of position should have an option for because that's often the way it works for actors you know the studio is like here you can take two million dollars or one percent of the box office revenue or like a combination of both combination yeah um but like as far as i know that it's it's just not even a thing in the games industry it's just like this is what we're paying 
And, and it feels like when, when I read these articles where voice actors talk about their pay, it's never like, you know, I earned this much per hour or like I was on a salary for this long. It's just like, I got a thousand dollars for that character. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And it's like, that character has eight hours of voice lines. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, man, when you're talking about a performance that can like make or break a character or your immersion in the story or anything like that, it's just, I don't know. It, it's, it's something that deserves to be reflected in the success of the product. Totally. Totally. Yes. Yes. People who are much smarter at things like economics and figuring out revenue shares and you know, what's best for the worker, I'm sure have like all sorts of cool radical ideas when it comes to figuring out, you know, alternative ways to get voice actors and, and developers paid with, you know, a way that makes sense for, mm. so that everyone wins and it's not just so one-sided. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I don't know who to, would even speak to about this sort of thing, but yes, I, I would love to see more, more um, fair pay for that sort of stuff. Yeah. 100%. So yeah, hopefully hopefully we see more people in that situation speak up and then uh, we can bring it up here. Yeah. Moving right along. Uh, we've got the beginnings of actual punitive action um, being taken up against the Ubisoft execs from 2020. So I don't know if anyone's memory goes back that far. Mine certainly doesn't. But... During 2020, uh, there was a big thing around Ubisoft execs uh, with a bunch of allegations around harassment and sexual assault in the workplace. Right. Um, so a bunch of execs stepped down. Um, there were also like a bunch of leaks. I remember, oh, I can't remember the fucking reference, but like there was this hotel room that the Ubisoft execs used to frequent. And I think they called it the Bill Cosby room. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Like it was not good. And like, you know, all these photos leaked of all these execs racked up in the Bill Cosby room and it was pretty fucking gross. Anyway, as of October 4th, uh, so just a couple of days ago, the, the five execs in question have actually been arrested. Whoa. Um, so not sure what comes next after this, but Ubisoft was asked and they are basically pretending to never heard of these former executives. Whoa, what? <laughs> They're like, uh, yeah, we, we know nothing about what was going on at that time. No more questions. Right. Oh my <laughs> yeah. God. Um, yeah. But, okay. but yeah. <laughs> This, this is like the first time that I, you know, because we talk about this stuff quite a bit on the pod, especially in the in the fried chicken segment. And uh, this is the first time I've ever heard of an arrest happening, to be honest. Yeah, we've got some maybe accountability happening. Mm, mm. Yeah, nuts. Yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah. Get them. Fry yeah. them up. <laughs> yeah, fry those suckers up. So I got, uh, look, man. Uh, if you've got any <laughs> serotonin left in the bank, I'm about to drain it. Oh, so, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's our animal Labrador. I got infinite serotonin. Go on. Oh my God. All right. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, Epic games laid off like 900 employees. I think you talked about that. Yep. Um, and now they're increasing the price to use their unreal engine, uh, but not for video games. So 
This engine is used outside of games and the current model is based around like a per seat licensing fee. Um, and, and this like, yeah, this already exists for games. JB outlined it a couple of weeks ago where it was like, you know, whatever it is, $2,000 a year for mm -hmm. that license. And then after will $1 million, you get 5% or, you know, you've got to pay Epic Games 5%. Mm -hmm. Um, but n this didn't exist for like the movie industry. And so this licensing fee is now being implemented for the music industry. But, um, what I found interesting about this was, uh, CEO of Epic Games, Tim Sweeney. Uh, I, I mean, he didn't sugarcoat this, uh, sugarcoat, sorry, sugarcoat this at all. <laughs> He, he just he just said, we started running into financial problems 10 weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, Sween Dog is yeah. extremely, like, uh, upfront. <laughs> He's not, he, he never, like, puts the, the tech bro swing on anything. It's just like, yeah, yeah. We, we were spending more money than we were making. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. I couldn't believe it. I don't know. This is this is only video games adjacent, but I I read that quote and I had to talk about it. I was just like, "What is that?" I mean, I don't know if that's like scary or refreshing, right? Like, it feels so irresponsible for mm. one for a company this large to not be able to project their finances more than ten weeks in the future. But <laughs> but it's also just like the transparency and i know we ask for transparency but this is like this is almost a showing of the dirty laundry right <laughs> of your company like you manage the company and then you have your statements or whatever but this is just like look we're in financial trouble and we need yeah. money <laughs> yeah 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 there was even a part in that i don't remember if it was him i think it was him but he was saying something like uh yeah, and believe me, we need the money. We need the money. <laughs> like he said it like that. Like, what the hell, man? Oh god, it's yeah, it's a bit scary because you know this is this is Fortnite and Co. Yeah. Like, what? How are you fucking this up? What are you doing? I mean, they do have what they. Uh, I don't. I don't. This is again probably something that JB would know more than I. Um, mm. But they do spend a lot of money. Um, you know. In, in all sorts of different programs like they, they're buying a lot of things it costs money for them to put their free games on the epic marketplace every month mm -hmm. um there's all, all sorts of epic mega grants and um paying of you know devs and creatives to expand the engine they have been expanding the engine in a huge way over the last like three or four years. It's just been right. growing and growing and growing. There's yep. also the metaverse stuff that they've been pushing for recently and their uh, UEFN, Unreal Engine Fortnite version, which they're sort of working in parallel with Fortnite. I mean, with, um, with Unreal Engine. Mm -hmm. They invented mm -hmm. their own code language for that particular version of the engine. They've yeah. basically tried to reinvent Roblox with UEFN. Uh, if you've shit. ever looked at the UEFN app store page where you can like play all the experiences, they call them on yeah. that page. They all, it's basically like a copy paste of the Roblox uh, uh, interface. Right. And so yeah, you can see sort of the moves that they're making and these are all really big expensive moves, you know, like trying to create a marketplace that rivals Steam. Massive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Creating a game engine that is basically the go-to go game engine for 
like beginner devs in in like the Unreal Fortnite sense of the word, like people who are coming from Roblox, but they're not making any money or whatever and looking to make some money. Mm. And then like senior devs. And then like, like you said, like um, other industries like automotive, architecture, film, right. et cetera, yeah. who are also yeah, using yeah. this engine not to make games, but for their own purposes. Like it's mm. it's such a broadly used piece of software and they're just giving it away for free. You know, you can just download it. Like it's, mm. yeah. So it makes sense that they're trying to, like bolster some of the 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 efforts they've they've undertaken over the last four or five years with some of this extra money so yeah. i mean I, like i like like you said like Fortnite is massive it still continues to be massive but i think it has waned in the last right. little while and so they might sure. be feeling a little little bit of that tap start to turn off um mm, yeah okay though i'm not sure exactly on how, what numbers are but yeah that's just what i've sort of heard Mm, yeah well i think um i think we said in our Fortnite episode like a year ago or whatever that it would be worth revisiting once every so often just to see how much the landscape has changed for Fortnite. totally yeah i really i'm really keen to try some of the uefn stuff as well um right i don't know both on the playing the games that people have made with it and just trying to make a game with it seems fun yeah yeah okay I, I did see that in that um, mid-tier PlayStation subscription we've got that we've got access to Dreams. Oh, and... yeah, I've played Dreams. Oh, fuck, I was thinking about booting it up just because it looks super cooked. What was uh, what was your experience like? Yeah, it's pretty cooked. There's a, <laughs> it's like a, a... It's basically they've made a game maker. Right. Um, and it's just like super full featured and very complex and you you do everything with a controller like it's just such a wild undertaking yeah. um so yeah i don't know See, again. I, I would never make a game with it but i would absolutely browse other people's games yeah maybe we should do that as like a i don't know maybe maybe do that and report back i can't think of a, a way that we could do it live together but yeah <laughs> as soon as i started saying that i was like yeah we could stream it but it's like on the playstation oh, god <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no that could be really fun <laughs> Jeez. um all right so uh we we got another update regarding the unity kerfuffle mm. uh so I'm sorry if I butcher this name, but uh, actually, no, I'm not sorry. John Ricciatello. Ricciatello. Ricciatello? Ricciatello. That's right. He stepped down as Unity's CEO, president, exec, blah, blah, blah. Um, there's an official statement from Unity that I have read. And if you want to throw up in your mouth, I suggest you read it. <laughs> sure. Uh, it is... Oh my God, it is like the most hardcore corporate speak I've seen in a while. Um, you know, a lot of padding on the back and like the tone is super congratulatory. It's, Great. um, I mean, it's delusional. It's delusional. Yeah. You know, he had a terrible idea. He implemented it and uh, now he's stepping down. Like this is not, this is not retiring after years of good work. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is you fucked up and you're getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I did see as well, uh, just because I read out their statement, you know, that um, Metacrit of Slay the Spire fame statement uh, where they were just like, we don't make public statements. This is how badly oh, you yeah. fucked up. Yeah. Um, so they 
uh, replied to the tweet that was like, uh, you know, John is stepping down, blah, blah, blah. They said, cool. Anyways, our next game is moving to Godot. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, I'm not sure if it's Godot or Godot. Godot. Is it French? If it's French, it's I Godot. Think, I think it's Godot. Like, I've been saying Godot. And then I, the other day I heard someone talking about engines and they said Godot. And I was like, oh, no. This is one of those situations where you realize, you realize you've pronounced a word wrong for a really long time. <laughs> yeah. Bro, I thought, like, epitome and epitome were two oh, different yeah, words for the longest one. time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still read it both ways every time I read it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. The Just English language... Sure. Oh, it's so stupid. It's the stupidest language. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, so, yeah, like, they still haven't completely backpedaled from, uh, from, from, you know, I mean, we've talked about the Unity stuff into the ground, but, yeah, that, that CEO is moving on, probably going to fail upwards, end up uh -huh. as another CEO elsewhere. But, yeah, for now, he's stepped down and... I mean, yeah, Megacrit have to move engines to Godot. So they've been working on their new game for two years. So I can't imagine how much extra hours that's going to end up being. Unsure. I mean, yeah, it depends on a bunch, a bunch of stuff, um, mm. how far in production they are. You could probably spend two years on pre-production and not actually do any engine work, you know, like right, like a lot of previews, a lot of art stuff, a lot of ideas, a lot of design. I don't yeah. know. It depends how much design and stuff goes into it. I think games like Slay the Spire probably have freaking so much design. <laughs> <laughs> I shudder to think of the the uh, five head chess you know, multi-dimensional brains these devs have to be able to invent a game like that. So yeah, I I don't know how far along they would be. Maybe it's far, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, fingers crossed it's uh, it's not a traumatic experience for them and yes. other devs that choose to move away from Unity. Yeah. Um, oh, let's drain that serotonin some more. Um, I, got, I got an update from Telltale Games. Now, oh. this is a big, weird bit of chicken because yeah. Telltale filed for bankruptcy protection in 2018 do you remember that uh no <laughs> so i mean telltale were just on this roll right they were the like visual novel choose your own adventure game if if you had a big ip that was a successful television series then telltale would make that game for you yeah um and all of the sudden in like, you know, the middle of their releases, they had Tales from the Borderlands, they did Game of Thrones. I'm I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure the Game of Thrones game even had some of the like original actors mm. uh, doing the lines and stuff. And then yeah, in in the middle of like releasing all, all these games, they were just like, We're broke. We're completely broke. What the fuck? Yeah, I remember um, that. I remember that. Yeah. And so they've been quiet for a while. Um, and so this bit of news surprised me because it just said Telltale Games confirms huge amounts of layoffs as internal staff say most of our team are gone. And right. uh, I was just like, fuck, I didn't realize they were still holding on. Yeah. Um, so I guess if, if, if you're a Telltale fan, uh, this might be it. This is, uh, this is the final nail, as they yeah. say. Yeah. Man, that's a long time between bad news stories for telltale i know i know well i want to say there was like 
something in the works because I'm pretty sure after 2018 they were trying to like get a new huge project and don't quote me on this but I'm pretty sure there was a Star Wars project that they were trying to get off right um you know get off the ground but uh it didn't happen and I hadn't really I haven't really heard anything since so yeah it, it maybe seems like this is the, the the death knell you know layoff yeah. of most of the staff like what i mean what are they going to make unless they've got a, a, a game ready made they're uh they're pretty screwed by the sound of it what was the name of the studio again telltale games telltale. i mean they, they did some good games like i really loved uh the wolf within yeah the wolf within wolf no that's definitely not what it's called the wolf, wolf. among us wolf among us <laughs> is that what it was called yeah, Wolf Among Us, you're right, you're I right. I can't believe they did Among Us before Among Us. <laughs> the Wolf Among Us. Yeah, it's not even It's not even got the gameplay of the Wolf Among Us, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like that. And I remember, I mean, I'm, I was a bit Batman obsessed back then, but I remember really liking the Batman game as well. Oh, they um, did Batman? What the hell? Yeah, yeah, because they... They um they really sold me on all the Bruce Wayne stuff because they wow. had all this political stuff. You know, they had a bit of action too, but it was the Bruce Wayne stuff that attracted me. And I remember it being, like, pretty good. But, fuck, man, they were stretching that engine. Do you remember that t- t- Telltale engine? Oh, yeah. It, it was just a piece of shit. Like, yeah. it, could, it could not run on the greatest PC in the land. <laughs> yeah. It looked pretty bad in general as well. Like the <laughs> lighting and shadows and animations always turn me right off. I never, I remember people, you and other people were always like, yeah, you got to get into the Walking Dead. Like the games are great. <laughs> Could never do it. Just never enjoyed the way they looked. Yeah. I mean, fuck. I, I, I still stand by the Walking Dead. That first yeah. season is just, it's a fantastic story. Mm. Um. And a story that I really hadn't seen told at that point in time in video games. Yeah. Like it was it was really fucked up and it put you in really uncomfortable positions. And I was like, oh, this is good. There, uh, an addendum to your bit of news about layoffs. There is a website called videogamelayoffs.com, uh, which is pretty dystopian, but um, <laughs> it's got some pretty impressive graphs um, about oh. the recent layoffs uh charting back to january 2023 and it it lays out you know like each month how many layoffs each and by which mega corp how many layoffs right and by studio type they have a pie graph here i'll send you a link uh, and i'll put it in the show notes as well yeah feel free to look at the link whenever you like but they've got the total here for 2023 estimated layoffs do you want to give me a guess across all video game studios yes I mean, I feel like when Epic Games lays off 900 people, that's a huge amount. So if we had a couple of companies doing that uh, and it was a really bad year for layoffs, I'd say 10,000. Whoa, that's pretty big. You got 6,261 estimated total layoffs. Yeah. Um, And to give you an idea on how much of an estimate this is... um, the company which their name keeps dropping out of my game the walking dead games that we were just talking about mm-hmm. telltale uh they are listed as unknown so they don't know how many mm. game, how many people were let off by that studio so that's the sort of estimate that we're talking about here right um, okay 
yeah, they have the, the source for the article talking about the layoffs, but they don't have any number tied to the stat. Interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, that sounds like a, a useful website if you just want to stay in like that cyclical depressive state. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's good that information is collected and available because um yeah that's 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 crazy to me that's crazy to yeah. me because video games is so huge especially um after the pandemic you know I feel like so many people turn to video games and movies when like they had very little else to do yeah and it's just it's just madness that like these companies are announcing their biggest profits ever and then sacking people. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of like, um, I mean, it sort of makes sense in, in, in like a depressing way, you know, it's like when there's a big <laughs> boom, they do like a big hire and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get projects out the door. They make their money and right as the, you know, the, the boom sort of settles down and goes back to normal or even bounces back in a negative way. It's mm. just like let, letting go of all the people that they hired to enable mm. the, the to the, them to capitalize on the boom in the first place. So right. it's like kind of kind of tracks, um, but it is also extremely uh, irresponsible of companies to do such a thing. Mm. Uh, so yeah, you know, just out here in the post capitalist website uh, website post capitalist website. <laughs> you can go to the post capitalist website bullapp.net. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, all right. We're, um, we're going to sl slowly uh, surface here, you know, from, from the depths of depravity. Thank goodness. Um, we're, we're just kind of at, at we're in the shallows right now. We're going we're gonna to breach, not quite yet, but we're in the shallows. Okay. So we got Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake. Um, it finally got a trailer and then it was immediately removed by Sony. So this remake has apparently been pretty cursed uh, production-wise, you know, like it's been confirmed and then unconfirmed and then like people have been unsure whether it's going ahead. Um, and with this trailer all of a sudden and then the trailer being taken down, people were trying to read the tea leaves. They were like, right. oh, shit, more cursing. Um, but Sony said that it was removed due to a music licensing issue. Right. So... Uh, that tells me that the remake is on its way. They, yeah. uh, you know, the production sound sounds cursed and Sony obviously haven't got their shit together, but uh, that's, that's something to be excited about because the, the thing that sucks about that game is, is looking at it. <laughs> if you, if yeah. you look at that game, it doesn't look very good anymore, but it still plays super great and the stories and the characters are fucking awesome. So like if they can remake it and make it look all shiny and new and they keep that delicious, uh, KOTOR storytelling, then that'd be pretty sick. Yeah. I never played KOTOR. Uh, I remember renting it once or twice and just never being able to do it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would go in on a, on a remake if it ever happens. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely worth it, worth checking it out if it does come to fruition. I remember trying to play it really young and it was like too boring for me. And then I played it as a teenager and I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is fucking sick. Is it Bioware? Um, 
yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I think it is. I think it's like <laughs> old, old Bioware, you know, yeah. bef- before Dragon Age. They might have, they might have taken what they learned from KOTOR and made the first Dragon Age. That, that tracks for me somehow. Is the remake also Bioware? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, yeah, Bioware are still making fucking what are those two big games, Dragon Age Four and yeah. Mass Effect Four. Yeah. Uh, you know, they got their little blog that they update every every century or so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm glad I'm not a Bioware fan. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, we might be waiting forever. <laughs> totally. Um, moving along to CD Projekt Red, it apparently cost $120 million mm. for them to fix Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, what the fuck? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I was able to find a bit of a breakdown, which is cool. So they spent $40 million around about on the release of the 2.0 update. Wow. Oh um, my god! <laughs> which which was you know the the free one, um that uh, yeah was just basically fixing everything, including yep. V's fucked up sleeping animation. <laughs> yep. Um, and that new uh DLC that you're playing at the moment, they spent eighty five million what on that. The fucking Christ! They're spending <laughs> so much money. <laughs> yeah, but that um that included marketing yeah. for the DLC. They got Idris Elba out there saying the game's fixed in in an ad. Did they really? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Idris Elba is like the main star of uh, the DLC. Are you fucking kidding me? Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's real big there. He's hanging out. Holy shit. I had no idea. Dude, Idris Idris Elba fucking brings it. He's a great actor. Yeah, he's good in this too. (laughs) Shit. Dude, so if you get the, if, if you just wait a bit, and you get that game of the year edition for like 20 bucks or something in a year or so. You get the canoe and Elba. That's uh that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Canoe is still there. He's repping it. He's looking slightly better since 2.0 as well. Mm. Yeah. And Idris is out there Fuck. being being a sleeper agent in the game. It's fucking sick. No way. Yeah. No way. You know what? I think I think I would rather just hear you talk about Cyberpunk than actually play it. I feel yeah. like I feel like you you put me there in the world, and your like excitement is 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 kind is of enough. Isn't exactly? It's, yeah. it's it's where I want to be. That's fair. Yeah. Um, and kind of adjacent, uh, there's also a live action project oh for Cyberpunk 2077 in the works. It's, um, I think it's a television show. It's being made yeah. by the company who ran True Detective and Mr. Robot. Wow. Um, that's all we know at the moment, but I was just like, that's that's good pedigree because those two shows are fucking sick. It is good um, pedigree. I feel weird because, like, Edge Runners was so legit, you know, mm, and now we're, like, okay. trying to do another cyberpunk TV show. It's just, let's just pump the brakes a little, you know? Let's just... <laughs> Dude. Maybe stop spending millions of dollars at every <laughs> every time someone takes a look at Cyberpunk, they spend millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's that's their fetish. You you yeah. look at them and they bleed money and they love it. 
They love it, dude. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's cool. I, I remember reading about that the other day. I, I I will probably watch it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I just love cyberpunk content. So, like, if we get if we get some more high budget cyberpunk content that's well made, and I mean, you know the 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 budget and production aside when you look at true detective and mr robot like the stories and the actors are fantastic in those tv series so if if they can you know it's it's that thing that video games always struggle with where they like cross over in, into the realm of of the normies oh did i just say the normies oh god <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway uh yeah so live action project something to look forward to probably a couple of years off yes okay cool you need to watch edge runners it's great yeah i haven't man i i haven't had netflix for a while now so i haven't been on there uh you know draining my serotonin through that method for quite some time <laughs> um yeah. all right we're we're breaching we're leaping out of the water um mm-hmm. we got some good news so we got Dredge, the uh, the game that you talked up a little oh, bit yeah. before its release. It's like a horror fishing game, right? Yeah, yep. I never played it, but apparently it's quite good. Hell yeah. So they're busting out of the gate with one million copies sold, um, which is sick because, uh, you know, again, you hear these big numbers and I never know um, what to think. Like, even though that's obviously great, it's better than 10 copies sold. Um, but as far as the large scheme of having an indie hit goes, is that enough? And uh, in this article, Nordia, uh, Nadia Thorne, sorry, uh, who was the producer on Dredge, hoped to move 100,000 copies in the first year. So wow. that they've moved, you know, a million a copies yeah. in like four months or something. So yeah. huge success for the Dredge team. Hell yeah. We love to hear indie, indie devs succeeding on a large scale. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, we got indie darlings, even though they're funded by a conglomerate, uh, Housemark. <laughs> they apparently left heaps on the cutting room floor as far as narrative design is concerned for Returnal. Oh, wow. And they have a new IP on the way, Ooh. and uh, which is cool. Uh, you know, we love Housemark and I love a studio that continues to try new things. Yeah. Um, and they've had two mega hits with Resogun and Returnal. And uh, yeah, they're, they're moving right along. No sequel for any of those mega hits. And uh, yeah, it's it's cool to see that uh, that we've got this studio that's been making games first party for like over a decade. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what they do next. Which conglomerate owns Housemark? Uh, Sony. Sony. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I would work for Housemark. That would be cool. <laughs> uh, Housemark, if you're listening. I'm not interested in changing jobs, but I would just say, you know, like if, <laughs> if I an alternative universe, I have an end up at Housemark. It sounds like a cool place to work. Mm, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, now, this next bit of news. Uh, I've been waiting for this for a really Ooh. long time. And this disappointed me so we, <laughs> so i love it when you get close to the mic and do that so good <laughs> so the ps5 is getting a whole new fucking body yo 
uh, it's getting a makeover this holiday season. So that ugly as fuck design that you're used to, yeah. it's finally getting smaller. That's it. It's oh, just what? getting smaller. It's just still ugly as fuck. It's 30% smaller. Um, Can they just the, put it in like a nice like square cube, you know, yeah. just put it in a box. I don't want it to have like a popped collar of a college friend. <laughs> I don't want it to have fins that could like make my uh, Honda Civic go faster. Like, right. I just, I just want it to be in a nice opaque box. Yeah. Hundred percent. It's ugly as sin. Those fins suck. It's. Uh, I can only hope it is spectacularly designed for airflow or something like that. You know, some kind of practical process that would make the design make sense. Cause uh, it's uh, it's not pretty. It's not pretty to look at. It's um. It's got the same internals. This new model. Everything is exactly the same. Except if you buy the digital edition. You can add a Blu-ray drive later on. Oh. And this is something we talked about, like, at the start of the year. There were rumors around an external Blu-ray drive for the PS5. Right. And, uh, yeah, that's been confirmed, and I really so dig it. does the PS5 disc edition currently not play Blu-rays, or it does? It's just the discless version that doesn't, obviously. Yeah, that's correct. And I don't think from uh, the tiny bit of digging that I did... Um, the current digital editions can't make use of the external disk drive that they're going to start to sell. Right. Okay. That's fine, so, I guess. Yeah. So um, there you have it. I was, and, and it's not even like a PS5 Pro or a PS5 Mini. Yeah. It's just the same fucking thing, but a little bit smaller. Yeah. I don't know, man. Sony, Sony are just chilling. <laughs> <laughs> they're just chilling in the fast lane. You got nowhere to be. Um, the only thing we can hope from this is that the fanboys go mental and they start selling their secondhand PS fives oh, for yeah. cheap, and uh, we can we can jump on that like a, a pack yeah. of hungry vultures. Patient gamers win again, potentially. <laughs> potentially, asterisks. Potentially, asterisks. Maybe. Hopefully. Um. All right, we're moving right along to Daedalic Entertainment, the maker of that Golem game. Oh, um, no. Also, are you appreciating this giant fucking bucket of chicken I've got? Like it yeah, just, man. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just didn't, it didn't end. Yeah, I, I'm uh... having a great time sitting back, <laughs> sipping some water, just enjoying the news. I get to just react. This is just Joe reacts episode. <laughs> <laughs> Joe reacts. That'd be so good. Maybe that can be our. Our title, you know, where we have the the glitch episodes with like yeah. Zelda or uh, Armored Core, we can have glitch episode. Joe reacts. Joe reacts. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Daedalic Entertainment, the the makers of that Golem game, um, they reportedly, and you know what that word means. I gotta have it in there. They reportedly used Chat GPT uh, to write their apology statement. I saw this. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I love it. I love it so much. I love that they made a shit game. They laid off staff. They turned their eyes to publishing and then they just ran that shit through ChatGPT. Yes. That's like, that's uh. so hands off the wheel. 
it's um man yeah that's some very entertaining shit i mean they're entertaining me you know not not the way they want to but uh unfulfilled all the same yeah i mean the whole reportedly part of this makes it seem like slightly dubious but it does fit the narrative you know (laughs) like it just fits so nice it's probably like it probably is fake uh but there's that part of me that's just like yeah this i'm gonna if if i'm doing a if i'm painting with this brush i'm gonna keep on painting baby like this, mm-hmm. this fits this fits real good mm-hmm. yeah hard agree i just oh man the 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 things that it conjures up as well you know oh yeah because because that game was so fucked or it, i should say it looked so fucked i did watch a couple of let's plays because i was really attracted to how fucked it was but i didn't actually play it so yeah. you know keep, keep that in mind but at the same time they're releasing this hogwash of a game and then they've got this chat gpt apology and i'm just like man was there any crossover between like chat gpt usage and the production of that game like i think there was like there was a bunch <laughs> of like uh item descriptions or like lore description oh. stuff which seemed like it was it had been used to write those oh really oh yes. my god so oh, rest in peace even though you're still alive this is why you need writers this is like just like the most or one of the most pertinent examples of like why you need to have a good writer to oh, write man. your stuff like just yeah someone who knows how to do words don't leave it up to an ai <laughs> they don't know <laughs> yeah yeah look i think when we did that ai episode that that nick cave quote that i brought i think that just hit so hard and it was a, it was you know around the ai not having an emotional experience yeah the experience you know everyone has thrown up in a toilet it's like if you haven't done that then have you can you really write poetry man (laughs) yeah totally i feel the same way yes 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 i'm here for that um yeah uh there's this like a gen z phrase called uh do it for the plot Uh, (laughs) or it's not even do it it's just for the plot so you know like you're too scared to like make a phone call but do it for the plot oh that's so good i love it and i think that's like the same thing as like having never thrown up in a toilet can you even write poetry it's like just (laughs) have you lived a life Uh, (laughs) that's um that's the evolution of do it for the vine we evolved yes everything's just a copy of a copy (laughs) oh god um speaking of a copy of a copy. Uh, <laughs> I'm serious though. I'm dead serious. Oh, no. We got, uh, this is it, by the way, this is the oh. final bit of chicken. So I've just been sitting here for like 40 straight minutes, shoveling wing after leg. I even got some fucking Maryland in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we got copy of a copy. We got Zelda director, Hitamato, Fujibayashi, he has finally revealed what happened to all the Sheikah tech in Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, um, right, yeah. 
yes, yeah, so he had an interview. He didn't need to have an interview. And he, and he talked about this. And he didn't need to talk about this. And um, I remember when I first started playing Tears of the Kingdom, I was like, wow, where the fuck is all the, all the Sheikah tech? Like, maybe this is a new reality or a different timeline. Um, and, and so I'm just, I'm just going to read uh, Fujibayashi's quote um, that I found in the Telegraph. Go for it. They, they disappeared after the calamity was defeated. No one knows... No, no one who knows the mechanism or reason why they disappeared, and it is considered a mystery. It is believed that since the calamity disappeared, they also disappeared as their role had been fulfilled. Oh now, if, that, if that didn't make any sense to you, it didn't make any sense to me either. But after reading it several times, he's basically saying they just disappeared as if that is, is something that can be canon. Zelda yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean? like, timeline has always been nonsense, mostly. I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, has has there there haven't been many direct sequels to Zelda games, though, right? No, I mean, I think the only one that comes to mind is Majora's Mask, but even that is ten, like pretty tenuous. Like, yeah, yeah, you fall into an alternative realm through, you know, through uh, you go through a little wormhole at the start of the game. Right, um, right. So you know. I don't know, man. Zelda stories. <laughs> I don't think they matter. <laughs> no, no, yeah. you you are so right. We don't uh, play for the story. Yeah, but I just thought that was interesting because it's just like, I mean, that adds less than nothing to the experience. It's just yeah, like leave it alone, leave it alone. Like it's it's one of those things where you just don't reference it every yeah. game. Yeah, you know, it's just let it go. It's, it's kind of like if David Lynch was out here explaining his films. That would yeah. make them so much more boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't got to know. Let it be. Mm-hmm. Our own imagination is better than whatever weird concoction you made up. A hundred percent. A hundred percento. And so that's, that's the fucking news for that's this week. News. Oh my God. I'm busting. I'm full <laughs> of, full of news. Full of chicken. <laughs> so like, like I said, I didn't go searching uh, all that news came to me and it, it came to me in like the last two or three days. And I was like, we got to talk about some of this shit. Absolutely. Yeah, there, there had been a lot that went on. I'm glad you were able to, you know, be there to sort of catch the balls as they flew over the net. You know, mm-hmm. I, I reckon mm-hmm. I reckon had you not been clued in and paying as much attention, potentially you might have we might have missed it and we would have had to talk about Roblox. Oh shit! Which so yeah, I'm. I mean, oh, uh, this this changes everything. We've got like the rest of the year planned out for topics. We're gonna have to push everything back. Um, do you wanna do you wanna give us like a taster for next week, like Ooh. a Roblox taster, like um, something like yes. Barack Obama has a Roblox account. Something like that. Yeah, I really, got you. I got really you. tantalize the taste buds. All right. I, I got a little more than that. I've got maybe like, uh, I don't know what you would call it. It's like an entree. Have it's you got a, a it's, spiel? It's, it's, it's not a bite. No, there's no spiel, but it's just a little entree. <laughs> okay. All right. So the CEO of Roblox, uh, what's his name? Uh, let me look at you real quick. <laughs> David, I, I knew his last name. I didn't know his first. Uh, David Bazuki. Mm-hmm. 
David Bazuki uh, has the following 10 predictions for the future of Roblox. Holy shit. Oh, this is this is amazing. All right, I'm yeah. all ears. I think if this is to, to do anything, it is to whet your appetite for the, 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 the next episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here we go. A Fortune 500 company will use Roblox experience as part of their recruiting process. <laughs> um, well, I'm sure they'd love that. Yeah. Uh, that seems like a very biased. Yep. Uh, yep. Okay, cool. Yep. Uh, okay, yeah. uh, <laughs> number two. Prediction number two. Uh, school will integrate a full kinder to year 12 curriculum with Roblox, including language <laughs> classes with schools in other countries as virtual field trips. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, is this person a lunatic? They are the CEO of Roblox, so yes. Uh, number three. This one is especially cooked. For our 17 plus year old verified people in the 17 plus experiences, thousands of adults will meet for the first time in Roblox dating experiences and subsequently form real life relationships. Oh, that's phrased so weird. That's, that's, if, if like Roblox AI exists, like that's a Roblox robot talking about human relationships yeah he does have predictions about the future of ai and anyway we'll get into it in the episode (laughs) uh number four roblox employees will spend more time using roblox for remote meetings than video okay wow this is fucking peaking my appetite or whatever because because what the hell are you talking about (laughs) yeah yeah uh Roblox will be a frequent communication channel for my family. <laughs> I don't know he what just, that means. He just means the seven family members that he's closest to, yeah. obviously. <laughs> yeah. I missed one, but it doesn't matter. They're not in any particular order. Um, some Roblox creators will make more money from selling physical merchandise on Roblox than virtual merchandise. Wow. Now that is cooked. That. That I that I can't believe. Yeah. The others the others are somewhat fun to believe because they're so delusional. But that is I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, prediction number eight: A top fashion designer will be discovered on Roblox without having any experience in physical fashion. Oh well, I mean I like that. I yeah, like kind of fun when people who don't have experience but have worked really hard on something get recognition. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, have you have you seen <laughs> pictures of Roblox, dude? I mean, I'm. Oh, you know what? I think you sent me uh, a a video of like your um uh, sister in law, future sister. Oh yeah, yeah. Playing Roblox, Roblox, and it was like it reminded me of Simpsons Hidden Run. Yeah. She was like driving a car and it looked janky and it was really boxy and cartoony. Yeah, so boxy and cartoony. I mean, the character, the avatars are pretty restricted. I don't know what fashion happens in Roblox if there is any. I don't know that that number. That I mean, I like the idea of like a fashion designer or whatever, or like some sort of creator being successful but uh-huh. the i don't know how viable fashion is in roblox i might be completely <laughs> out of my mind by making that statement but anyway. <laughs> okay uh number nine a musician will perform to uh sorry a musician will perform live to over one million people on roblox using a phone for motion capture 
Okay. Well, that was all well and good until the last bit. Using a phone for motion capture? Well, but, um... so there is actually a lot of work. This is, yeah, this is not super far-fetched, actually. There's a lot of work being done these days with AI and using phones to capture motion capture. Right. Um, it used to be like you needed three or four iPhones, and now they've gotten it all the way down to one, and it doesn't even have to be an iPhone. It can just generate motion capture data off of a video. Right. Um, wow. So, yeah. My job is gone. Uh, prediction number <laughs> 10. Uh, a Roblox developer will be valued at $1 billion. What the fuck? Yes. That is a developer. There you go. There you go, Jennifer Hale. Maybe maybe we should get onto Roblox. Maybe that's where, where the billions are made. I mean, so a final stat here before we round it out, and this, this is just to leave you wanting that... When Roblox I'm... first went public, it was valued at $44 billion. What? Which, which at the time rivaled Activision, Blizzard, and Nintendo, and was six Ubisofts worth of valuation. <laughs> oh. Anyway, that's where we leave it. <laughs> oh my god. Tune in next week for Roblox. I am so fucking intrigued. Yeah, it's it's a mess. It's just a mess. My God, it's really out of control. Um, yeah, hopefully I get a little bit more info now that we've got a whole other week to do more, do more research. Hell yeah. All right. Well, uh, if that's all we got, we hope you uh, enjoyed the 30-piece feat this week. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, have a great weekend, and we'll catch you when it's almost the weekend again. Sounds good. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.